Welcome to Basically Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Schuster, and I'm so excited to share stories and interviews with you each week with those who are basically famous in my life. I believe that these extraordinary people have great stories to tell, and I can't wait to share them all with you. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Welcome to this week's episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. Today, I am honored to be joined by Morgan Hodges. I still have you as Morgan Mathis in my phone. I need to update that. But Morgan and I met through uh, Cattle Women and just have stayed connected, and we now serve on a committee together. But Morgan reminds me of one of my favorite people, my mom. And it's just so awesome to see women who are ranching and involved in agriculture the way you are. So Morgan, welcome to the podcast and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, first off, thank you so much for having me, Tyler. I've listened to your podcast for a while and it's such an honor to be selected to be on here. But yeah, to kick things off and talk a little bit about myself, my name's Morgan Hodges. First and foremost, I'm a Christian and um, I was born in a little town south of Las Cruces, New Mexico. I lived there till I was 10 years old. It was in an area that was very saturated with farming and rich in agriculture in general. Um, So then after that, I moved to Kingsville, Texas with my family when I was about 10 or 11 and stayed there to finish out the rest of my high school career and that went on to College Station America. So I got my Bachelor of Science in Animal Science with a minor in business from Texas A&M University, and then went on to pursue my master's degree from University University of Nebraska at Lincoln. And I got a master of applied science with a specialization in beef cattle production. And then concurrently, I earned a um, certificate in ranch management and beef industry leadership here at Angelo State University. Um, so that's a little bit about me personally. Currently, my husband and I own and operate Hodges Livestock in Sterling City, Texas, which is a little, which is northwest of San Angelo. Um, I won't dock you if you don't know where it is. It's kind of a tiny town. So So to dive in a little bit more about the Hodges Livestock portion of my life. So our mission is to be good stewards of God's creation while raising productive and profitable livestock for consumers and fellow ranchers alike. So we are a diverse multi-species ranching operation. We raise worldwide hair sheep, commercial cattle, and commercial goats. And we also lease a sheep and goat feedlot where we finish out a portion of our lambs and kids. So our main focus is raising worldwide commercial ewes and stud rams for producers across the nation. Currently, we have our genetics in eight different states. That's really exciting. And we really work to refine this breed to make them productive, hardy, and profitable for producers across the nation. So a little bit more about our sheep and goat enterprises in within Hodges Livestock. We run on an accelerated lambing and kidding program, meaning that the females will yield three lamb and kid crops in two years. 
Um, and we also are a hybrid rain confinement operation as well. We utilize that feedlot. Um, so for every eight month lambing cycle, the sheep and goats are gonna be on pasture for about five months. Um, this is whenever they're going to be bred, gestating, et cetera. And then we'll pull them into that feedlot to lamb and kid out. So this is, and they'll be there for about three months. And this is done for a few reasons. First and foremost, we can run 43% uh, more sheep on the same amount of land uh, through this method because we break down our stocking rate on an animal unit month basis. And since those animals are in the pasture less, we're able to run more animals. And we can still maintain that one to 35, one to 40 stocking rate. That's a moderate slash low stocking rate for our area out in West Texas. We also do this so we can improve our ability to select for good females for not only ourselves, but the producers that we sell to. And the way I like to put it is we deal with the lambing barn, kidding barn craziness. So our producers that buy from us don't have to. So what we're doing is we're keeping track of those ewes that are having twins, raising twins, um, having good lambs unassisted and also have good udders, adequate, adequately milking, things like that, things you wouldn't be able to catch in the pasture. So we can build a great pasture sheep for those producers who buy from us. Um, also, it helps reduce predator losses, which is huge in our area. And I'm a grazing management nerd, so it also provides our pastures with advantageous rest periods from sheep and goat grazing pressure. Um, so since we're on an accelerated lambing and kidding program, that means our pastures are sometimes rested from sheep and goat pressure in the spring, in the winter, in the summer, and um, helps those pastures recover and produce great amounts, great amounts of forage um, in the following years when we get adequate rain. <laughs> but that's a little bit about Hodge's livestock and myself. Well, something I love is a lot of people talk about ranching and they do it because they love it. But you and Kate are truly like, this is a business and you are running the numbers. And we've talked about you get to crunching the numbers and animal units and knowing how much money is going into your feed rations. And we had a whole conversation driving somewhere one day and you nerded out and it was so great. And I was like, holy cow, I didn't know Morgan like this. And this is amazing. But how did you decide you wanted to stay involved in agriculture? You know, what made you decide, okay, I'm going to pursue this in college and then now for a career? You know, so whenever I was in New Mexico, my dad was a livestock extension specialist for New Mexico State University, and I had some opportunities to go to different meetings, symposiums, and visit different ranches, and really see a lot of New Mexico agriculture, and then we also got to travel to different states, and I think I was just kind of born loving it. I really don't know how to describe it other than that, but whenever I moved um, to Kingsville, I got really involved in 4-H and FFA and then into my college career, really dove into that animal science curriculum. And man, I just fell in love with it. I don't really know how to describe it other than that, but. Well, it's obvious you have a huge passion for agriculture and you're good at what you do. So talk about pursuing a master's. What kind of work were you doing and what were you looking at? I know you were beef cattle focused, but maybe talk about how it's also translated to the other enterprises you run. Absolutely. You know, first I want to back up and explain a little bit about the program structure of my master's. 
So I did a master of applied science at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and this was an online program. So I was able to do it from the ranch, which is a huge, huge benefit for me because I knew that I wanted to continue my education, but I didn't know how I was going to do that from Sterling City, Texas. So I was able to do that and take some really excellent classes at University of Nebraska. But then I also transferred in some range classes from Angelo State University, and they have an exceptional program there as well. And I got to have a nice mix of um, in-person and online coursework. So I got to see people once or twice a week, and that was really beneficial for me. <laughs> at Angela's date and um, but that's how that program was structured and I don't know if you can plug it into the show notes but we can put a link in there maybe to that UNL master's program because it was absolutely exceptional but what I looked at in my master's project was effects of nitrogen fertilization and dried distillers grain plus soluble supplementation on the performance of growing cattle so that was my project. Um, what else do you want me to dive into about that? <laughs> we'll kind of talk about now and mixing your own rations and how you go about that and, and how kind of your master's, I wouldn't say necessarily gave you all the knowledge, but helped you refine your skills to be able that you and Kate can sit down and you're talking about what you're feeding. You're making adjustments accordingly because y'all are coming up with your own rations. You've talked about mixing them before and what that looks like. Yes, and I don't know if I talked about that I'm married to Cade. So I've been married to my wonderful husband, Cade, for two years. I cannot believe I left him out of that. Um, he is absolutely my best friend. He's the reason I'm in Sterling City. Um, his family's been out there since 1889. So I knew that whenever I started dating him, that would be a requirement to move out there to Sterling City, Texas. Um, and he is the best part of my life. So now that I've gotten that out of the way and actually introduced my husband, um, he also got a master's in ruminant nutrition from um, Texas A&M. And man, whenever we're talking about nutrition stuff, he'll just spout off some biochemistry information or something. And I am always, always reminded how much smarter he is than me. And it's so humbling, but he is just one of the most amazing people I know. Um, but using the information that we both learned in our master's and undergraduate programs, on the nutrition side of things has been extremely helpful for us coming up with creative ways to create rations as well as being confident in creating our own rations and feeding them to our livestock because that's a big deal I mean if we mess something up and stuff goes down that's our that's money coming out of our pocket you know and um I would say that both of our master's work and our graduate coursework helped make us confident and gave gave us the ability to mix rations. And that doesn't mean that we're done learning. You know, we are constantly researching and learning every single day on how we can improve, what creative ways, think things we can try. Um, but it definitely gave us a boost into our ration formulation. Well, talking about continuing to learn and the importance of that, how are some ways you both continue to learn? Are there things you're attending, groups you're connected with? Or, you know, are you relying, do you like to read university research? I know some people do, it's not for everyone, but kind of how are y'all staying connected and in the loop? Because I don't think your a learning in person in Sterling City is booming. 
So you're obviously having to utilize some online resources and travel as well. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, and foremost, Cade and I both have amazing sets of parents that we learn from every single day. So my dad, I call him probably once a day and my mom too, just asking different questions about personal life, ranch life, et cetera. Um, my dad has his PhD in ruminant nutrition. So he and I can nerd out together and he uh, um, also has worked in the ranching industry as well. So that's very helpful. And then Cade's parents, his mother's a CPA and just is amazing, amazing at numbers and accounting. And then his dad's been a rancher all his life. And I think that that man can fix anything. You know, he is one of those people, he can build it, he can fix it. He is a real life Superman. <laughs> and I get to see them a lot. And I learn from them as well. So that's a, one great portion of knowledge that Kate and I both have access to. We also do go to different um, educational events, I guess you could say, Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association meetings and um, Cattle Raisers Convention is something that we've attended in the past and we've loved. Um, I was blessed to be an intern of Tyler's at one point a couple of years ago. So um, we've really enjoyed attending um, industry events like that. Also, um, as Tyler may have mentioned before, I'm on the Young Farmer and Rancher Advisory Committee with her and we get to have some learning opportunities there. But I also do like reviewing university research and just joining different Facebook groups too and seeing what other producers are putting out there. But it's an everyday thing that for sure. And I love, um, you know, recently Kate and I just went to a sell-by marketing school in Oklahoma City too. So just continually learning it is a never-ending process, but it's a journey that we both enjoy. Well, and you're both really good at investing in yourselves to better yourselves, to be more successful, which I think is so important and really overlooked at the beginning of your career because you're just trying to get by and you're trying to do the best you can. And you forget that sometimes you have to step away, listen to someone else, get refreshed, kind of get inspired again before you come back and tackle another obstacle. Oh, yeah. And I think that, too, always realizing that you could be wrong, you know, <laughs> like going through and constantly reviewing what you're doing and not getting so stuck in the ruts of, um, you know, what you're doing, and getting so comfortable that you overlook the opportunities that are sitting right in front of you. So, well, what made you decide to pursue ranching full time, you know, but obviously you married Kate, you knew moving to Sterling City was coming with that. Um, but what was it that you were like, no, we're going to do this together. We're going to be a team and we're going to be successful in this journey together. You know, so moving to Sterling City, I had absolutely zero intention of ranching alongside Kate. I wanted to support him in that. Um, it's not because I didn't love it. I do love ranching and I thought that it would be something I would help him with on the weekends, but I never expected to be full-time. I kind of thought that, you know, I would find a job I could do from home. I travel probably 50% of the time and climb the corporate ladder. And I think that whenever I made the decision to ranch full-time alongside Kate, um, those who knew me were very surprised <laughs> because they saw me, you know, climbing the ladder in that corporate role, which is still an excellent option. I think that the beef industry has excellent, excellent avenues for people who want to be invo involved in the corporate level. 
Um, but I think the, those people who really knew me were not surprised at all whenever I decided to um, pursue it full time with Cade. So I remember vividly calling one of my best friends and saying, hey, I think that I really like this ranching thing. I think that I'm going to do this full time with Cade. Um, and she said, oh, my gosh, I'm so surprised. And <laughs> just it was not a shock to her whatsoever. Um, and, you know, Kate has always been a full time rancher. That's what he went to school for. That's what he knew he always wanted to do. And I just kind of came around later, I guess. And I think that looking back to, you know, I never could decide what I wanted to do. You know, I would for a while I thought, you know, I'm going to focus in cattle reproduction or ruminant nutrition. And then for a while, I was like, I think I'm really interested in genetics. And it just kind of, I've hopped around all the time until I finally had this epiphany moment of, I love all of it and I want to be able to apply all of it. Um, so I decided, you know what, Kate, we are going to go all into this together. And in March of 2022, I um, quit my job. I was working at the San Angelo Stock Show, which was a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, but I was driving an hour one way each day um, and trying to do grad school at the same time and wanted to pursue the ranching. So it just wasn't going to work out, but an excellent place to work. Um, but yeah, I quit that job in March of 2022 and have been full time on the ranch ever since. And it's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. Well, I'm not even married, but I got siblings and I could kick them to the curb sometimes because working with your family is so hard. And so what would you say is the bit you have siblings too, so you know how it goes. What would you say has been the biggest challenge in working alongside not just your spouse, but also his family? Um, while you're not every day on their operation, you're helping out with them. Cade's still very involved and just having people who all have opinions come together to make decisions. You know, I'll just take a second to brag on Cade once again. He is my best friend and one of the most patient men I have ever met. You know, he keeps his cool. Stuff can go wrong. Nothing really bothers him. But me, <laughs> I am a very high energy person. And, um, you know, I think there's definitely a learning curve to working with your spouse. But I would say that it is still my biggest blessing. I think that the biggest thing that um, we had to adjust to personally is boundaries around like work and life, I guess. And knowing that sometimes we're going to have to have conversations, not as husband and wife, but as co-owner and co-owner. Um, and, you know, sometimes I remember vividly, I've woken Kate up at like 1130 at night. So I had a new idea. He's like, Morgan, go to sleep. We can talk about it in the morning, but I'm like, you know what? I I have things to share. Like, why don't you want to talk about this with me right now? Um, but at the end of the day, you just got to give each other a lot of grace. And um, but really appreciate that Cade and I get to spend so much time together. You know, last year before we had hired any help, uh, there were several weeks where we put in 80 plus hours and we were tired. And that would have been really hard if I wasn't doing it with someone that I love to be around and it was just the most fun thing in the world to get to do in those things with him even whenever we we're in the landing bar until two in the morning <laughs> but. well how have you learned to adjust to life in a small town it's 
way different than even Kingsville, especially College Station. And just for me, I live still in the city, but graduating college and then transitioning to what people call adulthood. I don't really care to be an adult. I don't like paying bills, but that's where I'm at. How how have you found yourself in this transition and how have you formed connections and felt like you found community in Sterling City? You know, I won't sugarcoat it. It was really hard to go straight from College Station, Texas, where I was with my friends, you know, probably five, six nights out of the week and coming out here and I got to spend every single night of the week with Cade, my best friends. That was amazing. But I really missed the fellowship that I had with my friends. And I, oh, I was so blessed in college. I got the most exceptional group of girlfriends that I could have ever asked for. And leaving them was hard and moving further away from my family was really hard. But as I grew in, I guess, to my life in Sterling City, I was able to use those times that I would fill with being social with other hobbies. So, you know, I'm actually working on training my very first stock dog right now. Um, I'm very, very excited about that. Her name's Mesa and she is really improving my patience. <laughs> um, but really got to hone in on some of my hobbies as well. I also learned that it's really important to ask for help. So I'll be very transparent. Whenever I was really struggling, um, around the end of 2022, I actually reached out to a life coach and a Christian counselor, um, Lindy's Christian Life Coaching. I'll put a plug in for her because she was the most amazing resource I could have utilized. Um, and she really helped me walk through some of the tough things that I had going on adjusting to my new life in Sterling City and just my new life as an adult and working with my husband and having a real job and not being in school anymore and um, that was one of the best things that I ever could have done so my little soapbox is never be afraid to ask for help and never be afraid to go to someone and say hey can you help me sort this out because I guarantee you so many people are doing it and it is really important to help yourself feel better so I love that and I think sometimes for me even it's just saying something and then going oh like I just need to talk to someone about it but I didn't know who to talk to about it is how I feel sometimes at my therapist or having someone who has the skills to help you navigate something and give you tools to approach a situation. I'm going in with both guns blazing, if you know me. And it's nice to have someone who can talk me off and be like, okay, I don't think that's how you should approach the situation you're in. And it's just, it's life fulfilling to have someone who's walking alongside you and also wants the best from you. And I feel like friends are great, but sometimes you need someone who has complete outsider perspective and can just encourage you and fill your cup with things you need. So I love that you shared that. That is so amazing. Well, as we wrap up the podcast, most people's favorite question to hear, but least favorite question to answer, if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? Um, I would definitely put John 3.16 on there. So the verse that said, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. And I just want people to know that living without Christ is living life on hard mode. (laughs) 
if you, I read something today, actually, it was how comforting it is it to know that I am not in the driver's seat. Uh, it was actually off of one of Adrian Brandon's posts. And it just was, it really struck me because I fight so hard to be in that driver's seat. And um, as I have gotten older and deepened my relationship with the Lord, I have found that it is so much easier when I am trying to live by his will and not my own. And I can roll with the punch just so much better you know knowing that there is a reason there's a plan and God has got me no matter what so well Morgan thank you so much for joining me this has been so fun if my listeners can't tell already you are a total badass you are such a cool gal and it's awesome to have someone in my circle who inspires me and you're one of those people so thanks for joining me and sharing more about you and what you're doing in your faith with our listeners yeah thank you for being an inspiring person in my circle too i sure appreciate being on the podcast today friends thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of basically famous I hope you've been inspired, challenged, and motivated to take on whatever today brings. Please be sure to follow us on social media at Basically Famous Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We'll see you next week.